Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion. Uh, this is, as I mentioned last week, uh, this is a, a special memorial show uh, for Bob Varley. And uh, we are not going into this with any kind of format. Um, I'm going to tell you guys exactly what I told our team. Uh, this is just kind of open mic night here at, uh, <laughs> here at the table. Um, let everybody just kind of share their, their thoughts and uh, stories about Bob. And, you know, just... Uh, Kind of go that go go that route with it, um, you know. For me, what I what I've been thinking of these last uh, these last few weeks is uh, when I first met him. I, I can't get it out of my head. Uh, the very first time I ever met Bob. Now Bob had already been a, a, a moderator on our theme parks board. His, his screen name was Wilderness at that time. And now we're going back, folks. We're going back. Uh, now we're going back ten years, nine or ten years, and. Uh, you know, he had this very unique personality on the boards and always was very descriptive about, you, know, you, you guys know how he posted and the kinds of things he would do. All the kind of crazy stuff he would do on the show. Well, that's what he was doing on the boards nine years ago. And, uh, you know, I thought he was funny. Um, actually, I, I don't think we knew um, for a little while if he was a male or female. Um, he just had the name Wilderness, and you know, for a couple of months, there were no posts from him that really identified whether he was married or had kids, or you know, or anything like that. But um, I met him for the first time at the uh, the old Palio restaurant over at the Swan. Uh, he was in town for his uh, golf show. He would come down to Orlando with some friends of his, Mike Healy, Mike Healy, and Victor. Sorry, and uh, they would go to the golf show. And Bob really, really wanted to meet with me. And I remember the, meeting him for the first time and thinking, this guy is out of his mind. He had this, like he, like he does. Corey brought, with, uh, Corey brought the podcast bag, Bob's podcast bag. It weighs about 20 pounds. Today. Well, that's have. the sort of thing he showed up with uh, at, at our first meeting, you know, this, this thing full of papers. And it was all these ideas that he had for the site and all these things he wanted to do. He had this stuff all mapped out. And post-it notes and highlighter. And oh, it was crazy! It was crazy. He always wanted to do something with golf on the site, which never seemed to go anywhere. And he just—I remember walking away, going, "This guy is nuts. This guy's absolutely nuts." But he grows on. He grew on me. And the next time he came down was the following year, or no, no, no. I'm sorry. It was yeah. It was the second anniversary of the Diz. We were having a second anniversary party over at the... We, we got a grand villa over at the boardwalk. And uh, he decided at the last minute to come down and join us. There was a whole bunch of dizzers uh, that were in town for it. And he decided at the last minute to fly down. He had uh, injured his foot uh, the year before. So he was on disability, couldn't work. So he had time and he was going crazy because he couldn't do anything. And think, think about that. Think about Bob not being able to like you know go out and do stuff you know all that energy so he came down and that's where we really got to know him that's where we kind of became friends with him and you know i didn't know him that well and he just had that bob always had that kind of abrupt is it if you just met him for the first time uh or at least for me he kind of had this like abrupt personality i didn't think he was like a real mushy kind of guy or a real emotional kind of guy until we dropped him off at the airport going back home and he started welling up going home he had such a great time 
And he started saying, oh, this was so great. I'm so glad I met you guys. I feel like I have all these new friends. And he started welling up and crying. And I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. Um, and that's, I, I, I have not been able to stop thinking about that uh, for, the past, for the past couple of weeks. Um, there was no warm-up period with Bob. No. There was no getting to know Bob. The minute you met him, you were his friend. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was just, and I can understand the abrupt thing, because it's like, there's no, there was just, there's no preamble to it. There's just, okay, you're friends now. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't remember exactly the first time meeting Bob. I'm sure it was at these meets. Yeah. But you know how I am. I glaze over and go in the corner. And yeah. <laughs> it's a new, there's a new person Hi. in the room. He goes room, into a Rob. crowd coma. <laughs> Please don't talk to me. Please don't talk to me. But I remember when Bob was going to move down here, and he came down to sort of scope out a place to live, and he sort of lived in our dining room for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Here was this person who I really didn't know was living in my dining room, and Bob was... Well, what are you going to do? We don't have a bed. All I need is banana boxes. <laughs> if you get me banana boxes, I can make myself oh, that's a right. bed. He loved banana boxes. When we moved, he helped us move. He said, you need to go get banana boxes. Mm-hmm. They're, the, they're sturdy. You can put a lot of stuff in them. So he insisted. Oh, yeah. Banana boxes <laughs> were a big thing. When I first met Bob, he, there was this whole story going back and forth about the banana boxes. And I just thought, okay, it's just some weird thing that I don't know about. We'll come to find <laughs> out, not to jump ahead, but they have friends, Mike and Ann. And Mike and Ann have a daughter, Kimberly. And when Mike and Ann, who were from the same geographic location as Bob and Diana, decided to move to Florida, they stayed with Bob and Diana while their house was being built. And Bob built Kimberly, who was a teenage girl at the time. A bedroom made out of banana boxes. <laughs> and then he made double walls so you could slide this great big piece of um, cardboard back and forth so she would have a bedroom door. And it just became this... And he wired a, a doorbell for her. Yep, so she had a doorbell on her doorbell. banana boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Did he duct tape the whole thing I'm together? Sure. I'm well, sure. banana boxes and duct tape, that was his thing. <laughs> well, he and my, I never knew just Bob. When I met them, they were Bob and Mike. So it's like every it's two of the three Stooges, right? Yeah, it's Laurel and Hardy. It's every comedy team you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And no matter what your problem, whether you're you know you had a light socket that was out or you know your car blew up, they would start the fra- their their story with "All you need is," and it became this joke. Well, all you need is a white panel van, some plutonium, some yellow cake uranium, and a roll <laughs> of duct tape. And I think I don't have any of that. <laughs> so, yeah, I um. Well, I remember when uh, when he and Diana came down, and uh, well, before he, before he actually started scoping places out, he and Diana had come down on vacation, and uh, I remember this was the first house we had, and we lived over on Turtle Lane, and I remember standing outside, I was outside out in front of the house, having a cigarette, and Bob's out there with me, and he says to me, uh, you know, I told Diana that uh, uh, you really need me to to move down here to help. Now, mind you, I had never said this to him. I didn't mind. I was happy to have him come down. But Bob, you know, that was that was how Bob convinced, I think how Bob convinced Diana that they needed to move. To, he wanted to move to Florida in the worst way. And once he had the, the okay for me that, yeah, sure, come on down. We can do something. Um, it was like like a month later. He was down here scoping out places, and I remember him driving all around. He scoped out every area in Orlando. 
before. Uh, remember, he rented uh, for a little while. He rented a uh, uh, a townhouse over in Lake Buena Vista, and he was kind of using that as his base of operations when he went to go find uh, while the uh, the house in Claremont was being built. Mm-hmm. And of course, Bob Bob just can't build a normal house. You know, Bob's house is like the largest one on his block. At the top of the hill. At the top of the hill. <laughs> and it's the biggest house that can be seen from space. And the funny thing about that is he didn't even tell Diana. He bought that piece of land and called her up and said, Honey, I know where we're living. Yeah. Like center pictures and stuff. So And the land behind it. He still has orange trees. Yeah, he bought, the, he bought the, he, he got a good deal on the lot behind his. And it was an orange grove, which is still there. And, you know, that was his big thing. He'd go out in the morning. And, well, actually, he used to, his, his mother used to go out and pick oranges. Mm-hmm. And uh, they used to make fresh-squeezed orange juice <laughs> in the morning. Bob loved nothing more than planning. And, it would and be, making a production. Right. Everything had to be everybody a production. Everybody had to synchronize their watches. And everybody had to be at Checkpoint Charlie at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And you all had to have this, this, and this with you. Oh, yeah. and, we, I, he used to just tell me, and I would just roll my eyes, and I'd say, yeah, I'll probably be there a little bit after that. You get all set up. Now, yeah. something, something a lot of our listeners probably don't know is that uh, this podcast was not Bob's first foray into the world of Disney shows. Uh, as a matter of fact, while he lived in Massachusetts, Bob did a cable access show uh, that was a, you know, people would call in and ask questions about Disney. And uh, he used to have his... Because, you know, I guess it was a cable access show and like 11 people were watching. Um, so he used to have, just in case, he used to have his friends ready to call in in case nobody else did. And that is actually how Alex uh, met him. Alex called into his cable access show. And uh, I've uh, asked Diana to uh, get together because Bob has a lot of the VH, Bob had a lot of the VHS tapes of, uh, of the cable access show. He used to do that with his son, Matt. And uh, I've asked Diana to get those to me. I want to have those digitized and uh, put up on the site so folks can see them. And Bob, Bob was so proud of this, and it was so, it was such a. a it's a Saturday Night Live sketch. It is. It really <laughs> is. It's kind of like Wayne's World. It's kind of like a retarded Wayne's World. You know? And what was the other one? There was another one with the two guys about the Canadian guys. I can't remember. It was from. Sec- oh, that was uh, from uh, Second City. Yeah. No, I picture more of the two women. Super. <laughs> Super. <laughs> the one where Alec Baldwin does. Oh, you don't go there. <laughs> His last name is Schwetty. Oh yes. <laughs> and he makes meatballs. I'll leave it at that. So yeah, Bob. Uh, you know, and from that, you know, Bob haunted me for yeah nine years. To do something along those lines. He always wanted to do a show. Now, he wanted to do something video. He wanted to do... And I was just not there. I was not about that. So when we came up, when we decided to do our own podcast, he went ballistic. (laughs) I mean, he just went ballistic. This was like he'd been waiting for seven years to do this. Yeah, he had a stack of papers, you know, a mile high of plans of what we can do. And I think they're still in this bag. And actually, why don't you why don't you pull some of the start pulling some of the stuff out of his uh, his podcast bag. Corey has brought his podcast bag, which You can put it in my lap if you now, want. No, actually, the podcast bag is a, this big thing. Is something one of our listeners made for him. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah this is one of the bags that I, I apologize off the top of my yes. head. Oh, that's embroidered. Right. 
It's yeah. embroidered, and it's I'm, a beautiful bag. I am so sorry that I can't remember the well, name. Well, the first thing I have in here is uh, the first podcast sound effect. Every time Bob had a train wreck, you remember this? <laughs> <laughs> that actually comes from uh, we stopped doing it a while ago. But every Saturday night, we would get together with our friends, Bob and Diana, Mike and Ann, and whoever else wanted to tag along, and we would play a game called Train Dominoes. And it's just a game. It's of actually dominoes, pretty popular, right? And it's just a reason to get together with friends among the senior citizen crowds. Yeah, really. We dyed our hair blue, and <laughs> we went to the early bird special. And you just—it's sort of a nice way to socialize. Well, Bob found the sound effect for train dominoes, so that's where that came from. <laughs> now you have to understand: this lasted about six minutes exactly <laughs> before we told Bobby couldn't play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lightsaber that's in the Star Wars uh, video. Send Bob to the parks. He always brought that to the podcast oh, yeah. with him because you never know. Um, I actually brought this to the meet with us. Yeah. I put it back. Yeah, why he needed to carry a lightsaber with him. Um, a soda with uh, its own. Which soda? The, grape, the, the Stewart's grape soda? Stewart's grape soda with its own little baggie. It's a little protective bag. Stewart's, Stewart's grape soda and, the key, and Stewart's key lime. Stewart's key lime was and his Arizona was his stress tea. And Arizona stress tea. That's <laughs> what some those blue, are. Blue glasses that light up. They they light up. They yeah, light they up. Do, they do light up. They look like they would electrocute you. <laughs> the wire is hanging There's like out. There's a wire of them. hanging out. And so many props. I'm telling you, this is just the props. Though. It's like the geek glasses in every geek movie. With a like scientist. you're gonna, you can go arc welding with them. Uh, he has a, a brake light in here. A brake light. <laughs> <laughs> and in the in the what two year, year and a half? How long have we been doing this podcast? He never got to these props. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of these props never showed up. Isn't there duct tape on that or like clear? It's like plastic? the clear, you know, yeah. packaging tape. Yeah, you so it's held together with tape. Yeah, it's definitely held. <laughs> I can only imagine the bits he had planned for all this. <laughs> Oh. He was always minty fresh for the mouthwash, mouthwash, fresh breath, antiseptic mouth rinse. Now I need to add, you know, when we would pull up to Pete's house, nobody wanted to park um, in front of Bob in the driveway Bob because, because you would never get to leave Pete's house because he would have so many things he'd have to bring back to. Oh, us. it took him. Yeah, he was always out of here twenty minutes after everybody else because he was busy getting all his stuff together. As a matter of fact, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Is it an honor of Bob we parked behind you guys today? Okay. You're blocked in today. <laughs> However, when we leave, it's like those the old Bugs Bunny cartoons with the witch with the little hairpins. <laughs> he has old newspapers. This one is about Animal Kingdom and the good living section of the Orlando Sentinel. This one talks about a nice martini at Disney World. <laughs> he did a lot of research. Anything, anything he saw that he thought he might ever need to... Oh. He brought the calendar that has Wicked on the cover. Oh, You want to tell that story? You want to let people know? John and I are season ticket holders. We have a theater here in Orlando called the Bob Carr Performing Arts Center. As a matter of fact, I've talked about it before and told people that, you know, how they can see what's playing and stuff like that. And when Bob and I, or when John and I became season ticket holders, there was a bunch of shows that we wanted to see, but nobody else seemed really interested in. Everybody seemed interested in Wicked. And as a season ticket holder, you could buy tickets before the rest of the public before the public got a chance to buy them. So we got tickets for everybody that wanted to go see the show. And I don't know that any of you were more excited than Bob. And I didn't think Bob was a theater fan. And he would say to me, every couple weeks, only nine more weeks, only seven more weeks. And I thought, I can't believe you're paying this much attention to this. He was really <laughs> excited about it. So We came back from intermission at, um, from Wicked, and he was complaining how long the bathroom lines were. 
He goes like, oh, I've never waited in a bathroom line that long. I'm like, why don't you blog about it, Bob? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to blog about bathrooms. This one is hilarious. This is a, an entire list of hot as um, oh, phrases. Oh, no. yes. I can read a few of these. Hot as an oven. Hot as the sun. Hot as a pistol. Hot tamales hot. Hot, <laughs> <laughs> hot as Hades. Hot as asphalt. He has a whole list. There's about... 25 of them on here. Hot as it gets hot. Hot as a bottle of Louisiana hot sauce. I think it's because we used the the phrase one day, hot as the surface of the sun. Yeah. And and John with his Africa hot. Africa hot, yeah. Hot as a cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Oh, this is (laughs) hot as hell. Do you know what's, do you know what amazes me about Bob's sense of humor? Bob never knew when he was funny. No, that's it. When he tried to be funny, we would all just sit here sort of slack-faced. However, when he wasn't trying, he could make tears come to your eyes. He well, was so funny. That's, you know, that's something I had said to him at the very, very beginning when we first started doing the podcast. Um, you know, when he would just have his Bob moments and we would all start laughing. And then he started trying to do those things. And I said to him, Bob, you know, it loses all its impact right. when you try. Just be yourself. Just be yourself and roll with it. And, you know, I know a lot of people used to get uh, upset because of, you know, they, they, they looked at it as though we were picking on Bob. I need everyone to really understand, truly, Bob was in on the joke. This was never us picking on somebody that uh, didn't get it or was hurt by it. He, he reveled kn- in it. He knew... That he that that was something he brought to the table. He knew that was something he brought to the show. He knew you guys loved hearing that stuff, and and I'm not even going to say you know that when we hung out we necessarily picked on him like that all the time because we didn't. Um, it was mostly it was mostly for your for your benefit. I mean, it was something we did as part of the show. I'm not going to say that I didn't I didn't bust his chops um, off air. I did. We all did. Um, but never quite as much as we would do right. on the we show. We all understood the, 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 the factor that this made people laugh. Yeah. And Bob would actually come in and sit down and say to us, this is going to get you all. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, he knew. Oh, he was in on the joke. He was. Right. And the, when, we go out, when we go out on a Saturday night, there would always be a little bit of joking back and forth. Bob would be one of the first people to give it back to me. But here he wouldn't. Because he knew that that was the role he wanted to play. Yeah. Right. He wanted to be that person. So he was fully equipped to He wanted to, to be the back. comic sidekick. Yeah. And he Bob loved, always loved wanted to jump on you if you made the mistake. Oh, yeah. I cannot tell you. I got, we got lost one time. And I used, to make, <laughs> I used to make jokes. Don't let Bob make your airfare. Don't let Bob make your airfare reservations. He and Mike flew to California one time. And they made like six stops. <laughs> and it was it like was, Canada right? And he says to me But it was $8 cheaper And I thought You know Bob At some point you have to say to yourself Here's the $8 My time is worth more than that Yeah <laughs> And Mike just looked at me He goes we, re- we really did He said We stopped in Wisconsin And I thought From Florida You went to Wisconsin And so That was always a big joke So one day I got lost We were driving someplace And I got lost And Bob called me on the phone you're lost, aren't you? I said, no, I'm taking you on the scenic route. Well, he called me every 30 seconds after that. Yep. He was following us right. to go somewhere. He was in the car behind us. We're still lost, aren't we? So. <laughs> hmm. uh, what else do you have there, Corey? He has a full-size map of Los Angeles. 
It's the one where you know it's like drawn and you That's can actually, see yeah, everything. He, he, he dug that out uh, during the uh, yeah. Disneyland show. Yep. Yeah. The um the one thing that's trying out, to find the restaurant we were talking about. The one thing that stood out the most uh, when I was looking through his bag is his May folder. He had a folder already planned for all the May shows. So the first thing that he has in here was his uh, Coronado review mm. that he did. He stayed at Coronado. What which, was it? The, the which second? he absolutely hated. Yeah. I have his yeah, notes right here. Maybe on the next show, <laughs> I'll probably summarize his uh, Coronado review. I'll tell you a little bit about our experience. I went with him to check in, and it was one of these things where it was so the room was so far away. And we said up front, you know, he has a he has a, a disability. Can we get a room closer to the front? No problem, no problem. It was just in the back of the resort. So we went back to the front desk and we said, please, can we get a, a, hotel, a room that's closer to the front desk? Sure. We got a great room that was right one of the first buildings you can get to closest to the front desk. However, it was upstairs. So you still had to walk all the way around to the elevator to go up and walk back to his room. So he was not happy about that. That was one of now, Well, Diana also said, uh, had, had said to me um, that she thought that his whatever – whatever the heart condition was that killed him may have been starting around that time because it really, that really wore him out um, doing, doing Coronado that he was unusually uh, worn out after, uh, after doing that, doing that review. So I think it might've even been starting as far back as, uh, Mm. as that was April. Yeah. We also have looked at pictures and it wasn't until Bob's memorial service that we started to see, pictures of different times in his life and in the last year Bob's lost a lot of weight yes lost a lot of weight and because we see him as often as we do yeah I didn't notice it's not noticeable but if you go back and look at the pictures you can see that he did and you all we all know Bob's a tremendous eater Mm -hmm. he loves to eat that's an event yeah, so we thought maybe yeah. there was something else. I have on. never seen anybody in my life eat like Bob. <laughs> he, he, well, you know what? He attacked food the way he attacked life. Right. You know, I mean, everything, nothing was halfway with Bob. It was, you, you're all in. If you're going to do it, you're all in. He would come back from, we, would, we, we used to go on a lot of cruises together. Bob always traveled with us. We went every place as the collective. There was a group of us. There's all these pictures out there of us on different islands. And Without Bob, me. <laughs> John was always sick and had to stay on the ship. <laughs> um, but Bob would come back from the buffet, and everybody else would have a plate of food. And Bob would have this mountain of food, and it was layered. And we, people used to just sit there in amazement. And we used to joke that when Bob was done, he would sneeze three times when he had finally achieved fullness. And the first couple times I heard this, I thought, okay, that's a joke. It's not. Bob would sneeze when he was done. We went to uh, Cape Canaveral one time, and there was a place he had to go. It was uh, Boston's. I think it's called Boston's over Mm -hmm. there. Um, He wanted big belly uh, clams. Um, So we we went to eat. We we both filled up, and I'm I'm at the car. I was driving, and I see Bob walk out with a a to-go container. And I'm like, Bob, what'd you do? He's like, I I got a fried oysters for the ride home for the ride back to Orlando <laughs> you bought a large container of fried oysters so we can eat all the way back to Orlando it was hilarious there's a Boston's not far from here and I don't think one of these podcasts got recorded without Bob going to Boston's to get something to make the 40 minute trip back to Claremont. Yeah. 
At one point, I don't remember what when this was, but we didn't have time to eat our sandwiches one day. We just didn't get to it, I guess. It, it ran short. And so Bob's like, I'm starving. Can I come to y'all's house and eat my sandwich? And so, <laughs> <laughs> sure, and so we sat around our kitchen table, the three of us, and ate our sandwiches. That's funny. <laughs> She said no. <laughs> to get in the car. You can sit in the driveway. Well, I remember, you know, I, I, I had been on a number of cruises uh, with Bob, a number, number of Disney cruises with Bob. And that was the first time I ever saw somebody order three entrees for dinner. Uh, that was his thing. He would love the fact that he could go on a cruise and say, you know, and pick everything off the menu and say, just bring it to me. Um, and that's what he loved to do. He, he didn't just do that on cruises. He did that in restaurants. <laughs> and he would order three entrees. And it got to the point, and this is no no lie, they, he always had so many takeout containers to go home, and he would label them Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> that one time John and I felt so embarrassed that we didn't have takeout containers that we asked the lady for empty takeout containers to take home. Just we did. <laughs> <laughs> got empty styrofoam boxes so that we don't look like pigs. <laughs> Because Bob and Diana would go out with eight takeout containers. And Bob's favorite thing to do was to get soup for dessert. Whatever anybody else got dessert, Bob wanted more soup. I don't know what that was about. We ate at the Napa Rose one time, and they had something called mushroom cappuccino. And it was really good. It was really good. It came in a little cappuccino cup, and it was mushroom soup, and they had put foam on top of it. But it was like $11 a cup, and Bob had had four of them before the meal. So when they, everybody was ordering dessert, he said to the woman, the, the waitress, I'd like two more cups of mushroom cappuccino. And she just sort of laughed and said, okay. And he goes, no, really, I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> so while everybody else had coffee, Bob had soup. <laughs> we always talked about uh, how Bob, you know, needed to kill a forest or all the, all the paper, all the paper he brought. But look, all his uh, Coronado notes, they're all written on the back of... Like those spam faxes you get. <laughs> so there wasn't an inch of paper that he wasted. And even the, the top of his uh, Coronado things. He says, service was just okay. No warm fuzzy. That's typical Bob right there. Yeah. Yeah. Fuzzies. Yep. We went on a Disney cruise one time, and John is not a beach person. He just doesn't like the beach. And we had been to Castaway Key enough times that... Neither one of us, I mean, he burns under fluorescent lights. Uh, neither one of us felt like getting off the ship. And we said to Bob, we're not going on shore at Castaway Key. We're just going to hang out. The boat's empty. You know, they have a nice buffet lunch. We're just going to enjoy the ship. We can see Castaway Key, and that's kind of enough for us. Well, he was shocked that anybody would go there and knock it off. He decided to stay with us just to see what it was like. And we had the adult pool for the entire day, we had the adult pool all to ourselves. We went and got lunch and brought it out by the pool. He thought it was the best secret he had ever heard. <laughs> he took pictures of the empty pool. He took pictures of just us in the pool. He thought it was the biggest thing he had ever heard in his entire life and couldn't wait to go again so he could have that pool all to himself. Yep. yep. He loved going on cruises. Yep. Loved his cruises. Hmm. Yeah, I consider Bob my... Uh, my partner in crime, you know, because we were always in the parks together, doing the events together. And there, I have so many cart stories, it's not even funny. Um, my favorite one is when he was stuck on the monorail. We, it, was, it was after one of these parties. might have been pirates and princesses, no telling. It was the three of us. It was the three of us. And, we, um, you know, he has his cart. He gets on the monorail. He needs a little ramp to get up there. And you never had to wait for Bob. 
so you just went ahead and because Bob would catch up, he'd come zooming past you. So you know, we we're waiting. We get on the monorail. We go to the ticket center, official ticket, uh, the TTC. We get off. We just start walking towards the car. We're like, "Where's Bob?" We get in the car. We're driving home. Twenty minutes later, Bob calls us. I'm like, Bob, where are you? He goes, I just got off. The guy never came and brought the ramp. I had to go around a second time. <laughs> <laughs> he was so mad. I was like, couldn't you just get off your cart and ask the guy? <laughs> I have a cart story. You had asked us to go to do the backstage magic tour. Mm-hmm. And John and I had done the Keys to the Kingdom tour, and it was a lot of walking. And we, we were going to do the backstage magic tour in July. So mm-hmm. Bob said, listen, he had two carts. I'll bring two carts, and you can ride one, and I'll ride one. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, You ride one, and I'll ride one. Well, come to find out the Backstage Magic Tour, there's not a lot of walking. So they put these two carts under the bus. And when we got back, I helped Bob. I had a drive. He was parked way on the other side of the parking lot at Epcot. So I said, I'll drive the other one back and just walk back to my car. He said, okay. Well, I had this big monster scooter, but what he never told me was... There's a pin which holds the handlebars in place. And it was too much trouble for him to put it in and take it out all the time. So he knew enough to just leave it out. However, this thing went about 60 miles an hour. <laughs> he had taken the, mod- or the moderator off or whatever. The it's governor. Going. The yeah. governor, that's it. So this thing would go flying across the parking lot. And it wasn't one of those ones that when you take your finger off the trigger, it slowed down. When you took your finger off the trigger, it stopped. Right. Well... I went flying across the parking lot, and somebody walked in front of me, and I stopped, and I went flying over the handlebars, <laughs> and I literally flew off the thing. <laughs> and I said to him, and he goes, oh, yeah, you got to be careful of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the warning. And that's it. I'm leaving it here. Walk it home yourself. Mm-hmm. And we have, Well, the other thing is, Bob never would buy a ramp for his car to put the <laughs> cart in. Bob had two two-by-fours. Yeah. So it was definitely the Clampets go to Epcot. Oh, yeah, no question. <laughs> it was two loose two-by-fours that he would position just right. And I'd say to him, do you want my help? And he'd say, no, don't touch it. It's not very stable. And I'd think, I'm, I'm out of well, here. Well, my thing was always, let's get out of here as fast as we can, because you know something's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> just go. Oh, yeah, watching him unload and unload that cart was hilarious. The first time I learned about the cart's battery life, we were at, I think... Um, Universal. Universal, probably around the Men in Black area where his cart died. Yep. And I had to help him push it all, all the way through the park, all the way through City Walk, all the way into the, uh, <laughs> all the way into the parking, parking garage. garage. And you know he would use the, those two by fours, and he would actually use the cart to yeah, go up. Try it up. Instead, we had to push that sucker up there. Oh, I'm surprised he didn't find a plug because he would do that every once in a while. Yeah, I gotta go find a plug. Go plug Can I car. plug in here? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> it was so embarrassing though, pushing that cart through the theme parks. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, he, he, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, the only cart story I have, um, two summers ago, we all went to MGM with my sister Taylor. It's Corey and I. Peter, you were there with Walter. Mm-hmm. And Bob came, of course. I think Bob was probably already there. And so <laughs> we're all, we're going around, you know, and Taylor's hot and she doesn't want to walk. And she's not a little kid, but Bob's like, you want to ride on the back of my cart? And I have always wanted to ride on the back of Bob's cart, but I'm obviously way too much, you know, I'm a little bit bigger than she is. And she got to ride on the back of the cart for the whole day while we all, you know, speed walk <laughs> to keep up with him. But no, it really made her day. And I think he really enjoyed it, too. It's cute. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Bob having to get there before you, we would do that. Wherever we were going to go, Bob would scope it out like the day before. 
Oh, yeah. yeah we're going to go to a new restaurant, Bob. Okay, I was here yesterday. And this is what you have to order, and this is where you have to park, and this is the best way to get in and out. And there were some times when that was helpful. Yeah. I, this is the best way to go in. This is the best thing to do. There were other times when it was a little annoying. We went to a thing called um, the Bacchus Bash here in Orlando. The premium outlets, once a year, a lot of the restaurants in Orlando bring their chef to this premium outlet and they set up little tasting booths and it's kind of like an orlando version of the food and wine festival you walk around everything's a buck or two bucks and it's really great if you do it early in the day if you wait until later at the very end of the day the people are stupid drunk and so we decided we were going to go first thing in the day well bob had gotten there 45 minutes early and had gone around and tasted everything (laughs) so as you walked around he would say to you, don't get that. And I'd say, well, I want to try it. No, I tried it. It's bad. And I'd say, well, how do you know I won't like it? You won't. Just don't do it. Don't go. Let's do this. And then he would say, now we have to go, you know, you had to go to the next place. And the next place was invariably on the other side of the building. And then you had to come back to this side of the building to get the drink that went with it. But you had to get that first. <laughs> so by the time it was done, it was just like, just leave me alone. Just go a different way. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, uh, we were, it's funny because Corey and I were talking about, uh, about that yesterday. While we were over at Universal doing the press event for the Simpsons. opening of The Simpsons, about how you know if Bob had been there with us, he would have arrived an hour and a half before us, would have had every location scoped out, would have known the best places to set up to take the pictures. Yeah, that's how and it was for Aquatica. He was there at like seven o'clock in the morning. I think oh, yeah. he was there before the security people. Were, yeah, were he there. was. <laughs> And invariably would bring someone over to you who you had never met before in your life, and he would have already made friends. Oh, yeah. This is the security guard. He knows how we can get in the back door. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't want to go in the back door. I want to see the front of the exhibit. Oh, no, let's go in the back door. We showed up, and they were like, oh, are you with Bob? Like, well, we're, we're drinking limited travel, but I guess, yeah, we are with Bob. <laughs> they already knew. You were always with Bob. <laughs> yeah. Because he was there before you. Corey was, uh, when we took a break, uh, Corey was going through the, uh, the podcast back. And found a lanyard, a dis, a disunplugged lanyard that has a picture of a Dole Whip hanging on, off the, hanging bottom, on of the bottom of it. I think this is one of his fake Dole Whips he made. If you haven't seen it, there's a there's a video on YouTube of Bob teaching us all how to make a fake Dole Whip. That's real. No, that's, that's a real, a real one. one. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. And we, we're, we're, <laughs> Bob had uh, uh, Diana had found a cool a uh, couple of coolers right, um, full of these fake Dole Whips. Uh, we're pretty sure that's what he was going to do um, for the live show. He was going to bring us all these fake Cool Whips or Dole Whips made out of uh, made out of Crisco and real pineapple juice. She had to throw the cooler away because it was in the garage yeah. in the Florida heat for a few days. I imagine it was moldy. <laughs> I can't believe in his spare time he made a batch of fake and Dole Whips. Invariably, he had it hooked up to the car battery with jumper cables or something to keep them so they wouldn't melt or something like that. He just amazes me. Yeah, yeah, too much. You were uh, about to tell a story. We went to the um, annual passholder previews of Toy Story Mania, and it was it was difficult because John said to me, "Will you take some pictures?" And I thought. That's not what I do. <laughs> I don't take job. pictures. Bob takes pictures. So it was very difficult. And I I went kind of knowing that he was going to ask me to do it. So I tried to be as prepared as possible. But it, the whole time I was doing it, I kept thinking, this is weird. Yeah. This, is yeah. not, this is not 
the way it's well, supposed to be. Well, yeah, even even yesterday over at The Simpsons, um, at the opening for The Simpsons, it just yeah, there, there it, wasn't a press event that Bob didn't have his monopod already set up. Yeah, you Bob, know? you know, Bob was Bob went to every press event we did. And, and the party last night, he would have been in hog heaven. Oh, with all that oh, food! Oh my god! With all that food, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're ta- we've John and I have talked about it a couple of times. I didn't see Bob Monday through Friday. I mean, other other than podcast day, right. we usually record on Sunday. So I would see Bob on Saturday and Sunday. So to not see him for extended periods of time is not unusual for me. And I mean, I, I don't want to make it sound like I called him all the time. It was a r- rarity during the week that it was more like, you know, what are you, are you, what, what are you going to do Saturday night? Where are we going to go? What do you want to do? So to go several days without hearing from him or seeing him is not unusual. And then all of a sudden, there's something that sort of slams you. Yeah. And that's kind of the hard part. That kind of got me today is, uh, you know, I, 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 I never even realized this was a habit of mine. Until just before we started recording the show, I, you know, coming out of my office, knowing you guys were here, I always used to look out my window, uh, out the kitchen window to see if Bob's van was outside, because he was usually the first one here. Yeah. <laughs> and I caught myself doing that. I, caught, I just, it was a, a force, uh, you know, force of habit. And I, you know, didn't even realize I, I, I would always do that. And, you know, I, I guess that's a, a part of what we're all going to have to kind of get used to is, yeah. is. You know, I've kind of embraced it, though. I kind of say to myself, that's Bob talking to me. When I do those things, it's him telling me, keep doing them. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, I don't know if it's real or if it's my, I'm making myself believe it, but it kind of helps. Yeah, you know, and, and I got to be honest with everybody. I, I've thought more than once in the last two weeks, maybe we shouldn't do the show anymore. You know, that... This was a show that was founded with six people and six very specific people. And while we were always willing to bring on other, you know, other voices and other guests and things like that, um, you know, I know that Bob wouldn't want us to do that. I know that we're we're going to continue with the show. Um, we're going to make changes. Um, we're going to have to. I don't think I want to do the same show we always did uh, without Bob. But uh, it's just. You know that's that. I guess that's that. That's part of the process of loss and part of the process of grieving, is you know learning how to move through those, uh, move through those feelings, move through those situations. It's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough for all of us on various levels. I mean, I find myself and I would, I would call Bob invariably once or twice a week just to touch base with him, see what was going on. Um, you know, usually to yell at him about something. <laughs> um, but. You know, and I've caught myself a couple of times, you know, just thinking to myself, oh, I need to call him. And, my, you know, not, not, every, not every synapse in my brain has, you know, is firing yet on the idea that Bob yeah. isn't around. And, you know, it is going to be tough. It is going to be real tough, uh, I think, as, as time goes on. I mean, it gets easier, but, you know, I learned after my dad died that, you know, yeah, you, you know, you, you learn to, I, I don't know that the pain gets any, any less, you just learn to live with it. Um, I think there's always going to be that that hole uh, in our hearts that that Bob isn't here. We all have iPo- iPhones. Everybody except John. I don't have one. And Julie. And I don't want one. I'm on the John bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> so only three of you have iPhones. Go on with your story. No. <laughs> Will has one. Will has one. Uh-huh. The dog has one. <laughs> <laughs> Figaro's got his. 
You two are very defensive. An iPaw. <laughs> An iPaw. And you can list your favorite phone numbers. You can list your contacts, but then you have a section where are your favorites. And it was very hard for me to take Bob's cell phone. So I can't. I, it, it was harder to leave it there, and every time I touched my phone... To be hit with that. So it was very difficult yeah. to do it. I haven't been able to take him uh, off my favorites on my phone. I haven't been able to take him off my ICQ list. And I haven't been able to take him off the, my podcast distribution list. I just can't yet. I know that feeling. Paul, I just can't. Paula's phone number is still on my phone. It's going to be a year in June. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah. it's it's. I'm not there yet. I also think that with the situation with Bob, was it was very sudden for us. Um, it came out of left field. Right. If you deal with someone who's ill and who's, who's passing, you can have some time to deal with it as best you can. You know, it's always a rough thing, but his was so sudden. Yeah, I mean, because this was not somebody who was ill. Right. This was not a sickly man in any regard. No. You never, he was never down sick, very, very rarely, which is why, you know, the Monday that we were going to record the show, when he contacted you and said he thought he had food poisoning the day he died. Um you know, can we? And he wanted to know if we could record the show the next day. I was like, sure. You know, because it was so unusual. I'm going to be honest with you, and please, none of you take this as anything bad. But if you called up and said, "I'm not feeling well," I would think to myself, "Okay, Pete's not feeling well." When John said to me, "Bob wasn't feeling well," and asked to do the podcast another day, it yeah. was kind of a joking thing. But there was also part of me that said, "If Bob has admitted to being sick," There's something He's really wrong. Sick, yeah. So I called Bob. And again, please don't any of you take this the wrong way, but if you called up and said I'm not feeling well, I wouldn't think to myself, call them up and find out what's wrong. I called Bob to see if he was really okay. Yeah. I sent an email. And I've never whenever you guys are sick, I've never sent you an email, but right. for the same reason, you know, I'm like, "Hey Bob, I'm like, I really don't expect you to respond. I'm like, I just want you to be okay. I've had food poisoning, you know, it's the pits, you know." And I don't mean to make it sound like we're complainers, but we've all sort of allowed ourselves to be sick. Bob never did. Yeah. yeah. Bob never allowed you to see that he didn't feel well, so he always kept it to himself. Yeah, Bob would never, he, didn't. he would never ask to move the podcast either. Never. No, never. 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 And no matter how many times it was moved, he was always the first one to send out an email saying, I'll be there. Oh, yeah. He had perfect attendance out of all of us. Yep. He was always here. He never missed one. He never missed a show. I have another cart story. It's from this past year um, at Mickey's Very Merry. And it was quite cold on the day that we went. Um, Bob, of course, had his cart as always. And Will and Corey were getting all set up in front of the stage. And then Bob was on the other side of the stage getting ready for the little show. And so I was really, you know, we'd been walking around. My feet hurt. I was cold. And Bob wasn't sitting on his cart. So I'm like, Bob, can I sit on your cart and watch the show? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, only if you are extremely still. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know he is Steven Spielberg. Because <laughs> yeah. he was using the cart in order to keep his camera steady. More Fellini than Spielberg, so, I think. <laughs> I'm shivering, first of all. And I'm like, how am I going to be completely still when I'm, so, I'm this cold? And so I'm sitting there trying to be so still, trying to be so still. These people are all around us, you know, obviously getting ready to watch the show, too. And you can see him looking at us, you know, because Bob is obviously a lot older than me. Annie wears a boot, but I'm the little young girl is sitting on the cart. They're kind of looking at us in confusion. <laughs> I'm like, I'm cold and I'm tired. We went to a press event. I think it was for the beginning of the 50th anniversary. It was the one where they did the three parks, and it was like on yeah. May 5th, 2005, 5505. Well, Bob and I, I said to Bob, I want to get up closer. And he said, well, we can't. I said, bring your camera. 
there's a press box up there. And he said, Bob was one of those people who said he would just go along with anything you ever said. So I said, go up and tell him your press. And I said, I want to go in that area. So Bob had that monster camera. And I felt like a little idiot. I had my little um, Casio camera that fits in my pocket. And <laughs> you just don't look like a press guy. And I told him I was his, um, I carried his stuff. So I took his, I took his bag, his empty <laughs> bag. <laughs> and I said, just go through like, you know where you're going. So Bob and I snuck into the press area. And that you've seen the picture of Paige Davis. It was because of us sneaking in. So we got to sit in the press box, and we were there with all the, 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 the CBS, the ABC, the NBC affiliates who had their big important cameras. And there are Pop and I with his small <laughs> camera and my Instamatic camera. And they said to us, well, you have to sit in the press box. Well, what no one told us was it was surrounded by black paper or black fabric, and it was black like tar paper so that the people standing on it didn't slip. And he looks over at me and he says, I don't know that this was such a good idea. I said, why? What's the matter? He goes, I'm hot. <laughs> it was like sitting in a toaster. Basically. It was like sitting in a toaster oven. And the two of us sat there thinking, oh, how smart were we? You know, your face was actually melting off. It was fun, though. Yeah, he was, um, he lived for press events. Lived for press events. Loved them. I think that's why he loved the trivia challenge so much. It's because basically it was one huge press event. You know, it yeah. took us a week to film it and to do everything. And, you know, he was like our little point person. He was the navigator. He said, okay, we're going to, this was our schedule and, you know, all this different stuff. And um, the one that, the only day he ever scared me with his driving is when we were on Mulholland Drive. Oh, I will never forget that. Uh, first of all, I'm scared of heights. I don't, I haven't been to the mountains that many times. I don't like driving in them, first of all. You know, it's a big cliff down the other side. We had rented a like a Dodge Durango, a silver one. And, you know, those things, I, I, they don't seem very, you know, they could probably tip over pretty easy, I would imagine. The speed limit is like 25 or 35 on Mulholland Drive, if you don't know. And Bob was going at least 45 or 50. And I'm just like in the seat. I'm between Corey and Walter. And I'm like, oh, God, please don't let us fall over. Please don't let us go rolling down that hill. Please don't let us. And so finally I asked Bob, I'm like, can I ask you a favor? He's like, sure. You know, of course. I'm like, could you slow down? <laughs> like, I'm afraid we're all going to die. You are so much more polite than we are. <laughs> Bob, slow down. <laughs> Stop trying to like a crazy person. It was probably the most frightening moment of my life. Bob Bob loved to drive. He did. Bob loved to drive. And especially when we were out in California and he knew those roads. He he not only knew he not only knew the main roads and how to get from point A to point B, but he knew back roads. He knew like shortcuts yeah. to get to places. I think there are people who just are good at directions. Yeah. I'm one of them. I'm not. Corey no, is hey. When I first met John, he would say to me, there's this funny story. He had to get from Claremont to Altamont Springs. And I said, well, just go this way. He goes, no, I have to go to Disney first. And I said, why? He goes, well, that's the only way I know how to get anywhere. That was his point A. This is this giant triangle he's making. And he was like, you don't have to do that. So Bob was one of those people who was just good with directions. I rode with Bob a grand total of ones. That was it. I said, you are scaring the daylights out of me. And from then on, I would say, I'll follow you. I'll meet you there. I'm not riding with you. <laughs> I'm better at following directions than giving directions. I can't remember street names. I'm like giving landmarks. I'm like, all right, you're going to see a guy selling hot tamales. Take him right at him. <laughs> you're going to go four blocks. You're going to see this weird building. <laughs> you see an old lady trying to cross the street. Hope you, still there. When you rode with Bob, did you ride in the van? Uh-huh. <laughs> 
the death drop. He used to stick to every surface of that van. <laughs> and Pete described it one time, and I never would have put it like this. It contained every piece of paper Bob ever touched. Yeah, I had that in my eulogy, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> every piece of paper he'd ever touched in his entire life was inside that van. He would take his arm and sort of move things off the seat for you to sit down. It was scary. I think also Bob, he was a planner. He loved to plan everything. So he loved to do this whole sort of Mission Impossible thing with us. Okay, you go here, and you go there, and you meet us at this time, or we'll meet you at that time. We would, we would, as I've said before, we would travel together, and we would have to say to Bob, do not knock on my door at 7 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I don't care what time the buffet opens. And what would happen is, John and I would get to the breakfast buffet seconds before they would close, and Bob would say, I'll go with you. I'd say, didn't you already eat breakfast? Yeah, that's okay. I'll eat again. <laughs> well, it's lunchtime now. <laughs> right? I say, well, the lunch buffet starts in an hour. I'll, I'll go then, too. He'd get on the ship it's, it's on Saturday, and he'd go, what time Wednesday are you going to have breakfast? Bob, leave me alone. <laughs> go somewhere. Oh. All right, let's all meet here at this time. See, I think I was the only person that was in sync with Bob on our California trip as far as getting up. And I have to eat breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know, Bob would already be down in the waiting area. I'd be getting my breakfast. You know, sometimes it'd be just he and I sitting there eating together, you know. And then on the times that we waited for you guys to get up and come down, we would go to McDonald's and we'd all eat together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Too much. Too much. I, I just, yeah, California. I mean, I'll always think about him when I'm in California because we, we spend so much time. Almost every California trip, with the exception of this last one, uh, I yeah. think Bob is Bob has been with us. I've only been once, and the one before Bob that, there. Bob was my roommate the whole time, and I've always heard stories about how Bob snores at night. That was also the last time I. Uh, uh, from that point forward, Joey's got your own room. Yeah, I never put anybody else in a room with Bob. He's like, I'm on medication. I'm not going to snore. I'm like, Bob, I think you need to triple up on that medication. <laughs> I remember. Stick the bottle up your nose. <laughs> I remember when uh, we were out in Vegas uh, right before my dad passed away and uh, he was sharing a room with Nathan and Chris Chilton and that's when we discovered that he febrezed his boot (laughs) 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 and we had had to tell him Bob febreze is for fabric not plastic (laughs) because that boot let me tell you something that boot that boot could clear a room there were times that boot that could clear a room. You could be on a cruise ship and he would be across the hall or down a couple of staterooms and you would be able to hear him. People would knock on, like, like bang on, like pe- people in the next room would like bang on the wall while he was snoring <laughs> to make him stop because it was so bad. Oh, he was terrible. I don't know how Diana slept with I that snore. I guess you'd just get used to it. I guess so. I don't, I don't see how. If Corey snores a little bit, I'm like pushing him. I'm like, stop snoring. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's why I would. That's why you know. Yeah, they, he he always had his own room. I always had to put him in his own room. Couldn't put anybody in with him. They gave us earplugs though at the Surf and Sand Resort in Laguna Beach because you know the uh, the Wind waves. Crashing, yeah. So I I just held on to those for the entire trip. <laughs> <laughs> Taking these with me <laughs> and stuffing them up his nose. <laughs> <laughs> Will, do you want to do you want to chime in with anything? Do you have? Me- you're the last person he helped move. <laughs> now he's helping God move. <laughs> yeah. Now he's annoying God. And he has the roll of duct tape with banana boxes. Oh, use your mic. When we were talking about the banana boxes, I have banana boxes in my living room right now. 
that Bob gave me to move. And, <laughs> and it's it's weird because I walk by him every day and and I'm like I kick the box. I'm like, damn, box is still in my way. But <laughs> what else is hard is the ICQ when we were talking about uh, deleting people because he has two and he's always they were always right there and he was on. So not taking that out is you know is is I think a way for me to remember him and he. He was so passionate about uh, Disney and doing this type of work that he really inspired me to try to figure this stuff out and, and you know, uh, I don't know, enjoy it a little more because he was so passionate about it. And another thing that really, I guess, kind of got to me was how sudden it was because uh, Saturday Bob helped me move. That Sunday he called me and left a voicemail and I never listened to it. So Monday, you know, it's still on my phone. Mm. Like that's tough. Yeah, I still have a voicemail. Yeah, so do I. I have the last voicemail he left me. I can't delete it. But I mean, if anything, for me, you know, Bob just made me realize how special and lucky we are to be here. And he was—he loved this so much to do. You know, to be in those parks, and you know, when me and Brian went and bought a Dole Whip for Bob was kind of the sad, the last sad park for me to go. You know, and and, uh, to feel sad i guess we went um right after that and and i just when i think about bob i enjoy thinking about bob now like it's it's fun to remember oh you know i saw a purple vein on the way here today (laughs) me and bob come from the same direction so i've been behind him before coming to the show and it's like he wants you to know that and know that he's thinking about you he's here with us though i'm kind of where you're at kevin where i'm i'm past grieving and Oh, yeah. Trying to think about the good stuff. It's funny you should talk about the van. What did I say to you the other day? We have passed like the sixth cranberry colored van. <laughs> and not only is it this weird color, but it's also a special kind of van. It says espresso on the side. And I saw like six of did them. Did it have hubcaps? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get close enough, but it was it, it's this weird cranberry purple color. Mm. And I swear, we were out for a couple of hours and passed six of them. It was weird. Corey and I have seen one, too. I wanted to buy him hubcaps so bad. I'm like, Bob, let me buy you some hubcaps for your van. They're only going to get stolen, Corey, now. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I've never had my hubcap stolen. <laughs> Bob has. Bob had the tires stolen off his car That's right. in his driveway. That's right. It was Diana's car right in their driveway. He's like, I, I'm going to be late. Why? Because somebody came in the middle of the night and jacked Diana's car up and stole all four tires. I'm like, Are you kidding? <laughs> That's the luck. weirdest thing. Things happen to him that would happen yes. to no oh, one yeah. else. Always. There are stories we can't tell because they're a little too personal, but it's always that weird thing. You'll never believe what I did at 3 a.m. last night. <laughs> oh, what now, Bob? <laughs> what possibly you do? Well, you know, I'll tell you, one of the things that does give me um, a, good, a great deal of solace and has for the last few weeks is knowing that for the last 10 years of his life, he got a chance to... Uh, he got a chance to do something for a living that he absolutely loved. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and for all the oh. and for all the uh, for all the crap that we have to deal with sometimes, um, running the site, the boards, dreams. Um, when you stop and think that we all we all have created something here that uh, have 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 allowed people to make a real living, a good living, um, following their passion and what that does for someone's quality of life. What would, you know, I don't know. I'm sure whatever, if Bob hadn't found us, that he would have found something else 
some other way, some other passion to invest himself. And I'm just very, very grateful that this was his passion and we were the people he found. He would have been a great Walt Disney World bus driver. I think he would have. You know how sometimes you get a really good driver who interacts with their passengers? That <laughs> would have been idea. Bob. That's true. Trivia and, you know, people are kind of like, who is this freak? But, I mean. <laughs> Sir, we, you don't have to follow us home. <laughs> Bob also had a very, very, very good last weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bob had a good time the weekend before he passed. Yep. He had gone to see a Red Sox game on Saturday. With his wife. Mm-hmm. He went to the theater with all of us on Sunday and had a great time. I talked to him on the way home. Had a great time. So Bob enjoyed his days. I'm oh, a true yeah. believer in, even if you know you don't know you're gonna, it's your time or that you're going to pass, that your last days, you spend preparing for that, even if you don't realize it. Yeah. Because I look back in that, you know, and I think about, about Brian and the Red Sox game with Diana, too, and then the last date with all of us. I mean, how rare is that for us all to really go somewhere together yeah True. that was very uh, i don't that think we've rare. ever done that I don't you know Corey so and i got there early and we had some wine with bob and diana and he was eating grapes and cheese <laughs> not to be cliche but it was it was really nice the last time i saw bob i was downstairs waiting in line to buy some souvenirs at the show and he was upstairs and waved at me mm-hmm. i talked to him but i that was the last time i saw him um i also am envious of bob in that he went like that. That is, Bob's lucky. Mm-hmm. I think any, anybody who's going to go. Out of all the ways you can go. Go like that. And, and he never time. knew what hit him. Right. Don't prep for it. Don't have to linger. Don't let it make anybody else sad watching you go. It's Just the only go. way Bob could have gone. Right. Bob, uh, Bob is not somebody who would have, uh, would have been able to be sick for an extended period of time and be bedridden. Um, he's, it's the only way he could have gone. You know what he's doing? He's checking out heaven. Yeah. I picture him as a tour guide with a name tag and everything. You know, I want to go to the best places to go. (laughs) (laughs) I've been to heaven. I've checked it out. I've got your spots, your spot reserved. They'll be waiting for us when it's our time. It will be. Um, obviously Bob's touched us all very much, but even so, I mean, the outpouring from the people on the boards and our listeners has been incredible. Extraordinary. Um, tons of email, uh, replies to that post, the multiple posts on the boards for Bob. Uh, I just brought over uh, all of the cards and letters that we've received, um, Sympathy cards and letters from our listeners, and it's just overwhelming. Yeah. We've given all the stuff to Diana, the uh, donations to Hospice of the Comforter. Anything you said, if you sent it to Diana, care of the podcast, she's gotten that. Um, she's gotten all of the printouts for people who have uh, donated online, as well as people who donated to um, Give Kids the World. We made sure she had those as well. So thank you all very much for doing yeah, that. Yeah, I we really truly I... appreciate that. From all of us, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it was in all the years that I have been doing this, I have never witnessed uh, that kind of that kind of outpouring of love and support. And you know, for from us, you know, yeah, we we've known Bob for years. A lot of you never even met him, and yet still, uh, you felt so close to him and so connected to him. I think the hardest part is part of my safety net is gone. He was always a phone call away. 
You know, it was funny. You, you mentioned that because I had... Uh, <clears throat> it was one of the things I loved having Bob working for me was that no matter what, no matter how bizarre the request I had was, no matter how weird the thing we needed to do was, I knew that I could pick up a phone and say to Bob, I need you to do this. And that was it. <laughs> and he would somehow, some way, figure it out. You know, and that was just that was his thing. That was that was one of his many many talents. He was fearless in that way. Yeah, they can't hit you. Yeah, yeah, that was his that was his expression. They can't hit me. So he had no problem. He had no problem going up to people. He didn't care what other people thought of him. He knew who he was. He was confident and comfortable in who he was, and didn't care what anybody else thought. Um, cared only if he could help cared only if he could help and that really was his mo he had no agenda he wasn't doing things looking for something in return he was he really just if there was a way for him to help that made him happy i I don't know there are very 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 few people in the world who are like that and so it's 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 even more of a loss when when you lose someone when you lose someone with that uh with that kind of heart and what the future of the show is going to be, I don't know. I wish I could tell you folks that I had a vision for where this is going, and I don't. Um, all I know is that we are going to uh, we're going to move forward because we have to, and we are going to come up with new things, and we're going to let the show go where it goes. And I can only say that I hope uh, all of you come along for the ride with us. Um, and I think this is a good place to wrap this up. Um, on behalf of everyone, again, I want to say thank you to all of you for your love and your support. And um, going up with this week's show is, as I mentioned, the best, the best of Bob, the things, uh, the suggestions that you guys gave for what you wanted to hear, what you thought the best Bob segments were. And... Uh, we will continue to do things as uh, as appropriate uh, in the future. Um, remembering Bob, we're, not, we're certainly not going to act like he was never here. Um, but we do need to move forward. We all need to move forward and move forward uh, with his with his memory in our hearts. So again, on behalf of all of us, thank you very much. And uh, we will be back next week with uh, with a regular show with our next episode of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks again, everyone.